I should buy some of that corn. That's what it smells like an old man that lives in the woods. <laughs> Is that what it smells like? Smell my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not the way I ever expected to hear that from you. Not that I ever expected to hear that from you. Smell <laughs> my finger. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bourbon Hunters. Join us this week as we drive to Old Forester and Maker's Mark and have life-changing discussions along the way. First distillery under our belt. We got some uh, E.H. Taylor small batch, some Buffalo Trace, and some Wheatley vodka. Some bourbon cream. Oh yeah, and some bourbon cream. Maybe a little bit of uh, muling for uh, some friends and family back home. So what did you think? I know we're coming back tomorrow for the tour, but what did you think so far? Of the, you haven't been here before, right? Nope. Gift shop is awesome. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff in there. Not just the booze, but I mean, there's shirts, there's just cool knickknack items that a few I think aren't very touristy things. They're they're nice things that you would generally want to have, you know, if you have a little bar area, just well made. Yeah, there's a lot of decorative items. It was pretty cool. Um, some display trays, some Glencairns, some rocks glasses, tons of just really nice glassware and. They've done a lot of stuff with leftover staves and things from the barrels. Man, I have that clone stuck on my, my hand. So now we are on our way to Old Forester, see what we can find there. Uh, but tomorrow we're going to come back do the Buffalo Trace tour. We were going to try to do the Hard Hat tour, but we've got some friends joining us and they didn't have enough tickets available for that. Um, unless we can surprise, get some cancellations today and jump on somehow. So we're off to Old Forester next, and then maybe Angel, Angel's Envy while we're there. Get some lunch by the time we're done. We're a little ahead of schedule, though. I had us there until 10 a.m., so we're 45 yeah. minutes ahead of schedule now. Do you remember what time Angel's Envy? Check, check and see what time that, that opens. Yeah, we might. Um, I mean, either way, we're getting there at 10. Yeah, 15. I guess we go to Old Forester so either first. way, it doesn't really matter. Lunch place is going to be right, right next, next to day. Angel's Envy. Yeah, so what was interesting is they had no blends today. And they only had the small batch E.H. Taylor. I have a feeling, I've been there three times now, and I have a feeling they have Buffalo Trace every day. And it's nice that they don't have limits on that. Yeah, so the Buffalo Trace had no limits. The E.H. Taylor had limits of one per customer. And it went pretty quickly, too. Yeah, there was, well, maybe 10 people in front of us when we got there. Yeah. We got there right when the door opened. But maybe it's something that they stock all day. I, I don't know. I've heard... Last time I was there, they had small batch that time as well. The time before, they had e uh, Eagle Rare. And they told me that they stock it all day long until they run out. So I don't know gotcha. what that means. They didn't give me a, a number. And I'm sure it's different every time. Yeah. But technically, they're a retail store. So they don't have full access to everything that's being produced 
at Buffalo Trace. They have to buy it, I believe, as a wholesaler just like everyone else does. That's the way That's I understand it. Yeah. I wonder if they get it at any different price, technically. I, I don't know. They might have some sort of like exclusive deal because they, think they that only that is, stock it. You know? Do you think that that's owned by Buffalo Trace? Or I do you think, think so. It's I think it's separate. owned by them, but it's a separate retail arm. I, I'm, from what I understand, and and if you hear something, you can send me something in the comments if it's different. But from what I understand, they have to keep the retail and the distillation. Like, it's against the law in Kentucky for the distillery to sell the liquor. Gotcha. So from what I understand, the, the retail arm has to be different than the, than the distillery. But I think it's the same company that can own it. They just have to operate separately. Interesting. Yeah. So when Trina and I came by here the first time, we got that E.H. Taylor for you. Yep. And then we I got like three bottles of Buffalo Trace, two bottles of bourbon cream, yep. uh, two six-packs of the Freddy's root beer, which is outstanding, by the way. Uh, was that there? Yeah, yeah, they had it. Ooh, I will for sure get that because I was thinking of it. It is making, so good. Is it alcoholic? No. Uh, but you add the bourbon cream to it, and oh my gosh. Okay. It is so ridiculous. Um, you make a root beer float? Basically, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're making like a root beer alcoholic float. Gotcha. And it's better, in my opinion, than those uh, Not Your Father's root beer or whatever you they think are. it's better? Oh, yeah, by far. It's not okay. even close. It's like a root beer float. It really is. Okay. But yeah, so the, we were driving from there down to Nashville for her 40th, and I was driving so gingerly, like stopping slowly, accelerating slowly. Like I didn't want the bottles to, and I, the bottles are probably pretty durable actually. Uh, and they give it to you in a box if you buy a whole bunch of stuff, which I did. Um, so it was just, it was just funny the way I was driving. My driving completely changed after we stopped at the distillery. I became, uh, I was driving this Daisy from that point forward. Yeah. Like you had a baby in the car? Yeah. Well, I think I probably didn't drive that safe when I had a baby in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Little bourbon babies. Um, so it's nice that you can grab a bunch of the Buffalo Trace because it's it's not overly easy to find in Ohio. And... I mean, it comes in probably every other week, every third week, but you're right. And even when it does, you can only buy goes, one bottle at a time. Yeah, you can only buy one bottle and it goes quickly. Right. So it's one of those things that you don't necessarily need to wait in line for it that morning. But if you don't grab it that day, there's a chance that it's gone. It's not something that you can just walk in and it sits on the shelves. I've literally never seen it sit on the sh- on the shelves. Oh, no, I haven't either. It's always gone that day. Yeah. It, and to be honest, it should be. It's $27 and it's a very, very good bourbon. For it being just their regular flagship bourbon, it's not even a specialty bourbon yep. at the at the distillery. It's their regular flagship bourbon, and it's it's fantastic, it's outstanding. I have no problem drinking it neat. In fact, uh, my wife and I came. We did the tour, and at the end, you, you guys came. At the yeah. end of the tour, they gave us uh, Buffalo Buffalo Trace. They gave us. Eagle Rare, and then they gave us the Bourbon Cream. Those were the three. And then they gave you some of the Freddy's Root Beer. How do you think the Buffalo Trace and the Eagle Rare compared? Um, well, that was the funny thing, is is she immediately loved the Buffalo Trace. She thought the Eagle Rare was a little too strong, even though they're both, I think, 93. Yeah. Uh, I believe they're What about the... But she, she liked it. 
just fine, but she thought the buffalo tray she had first and she liked it the best. She really enjoyed it. I should buy some of that corn. This is what it smells like an old man that lives in the woods. <laughs> this is how it smells like. Smell my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not the way I ever expected to hear that from you. Not that I ever expected to hear that from you. Smell <laughs> my finger. You probably would have uh, if I not made it plural, smell my fingers. Then I would have known who you were with. Success. <laughs> Posting a picture to our bourbonhunters.com blog site. Nice. Should have taken some. Uh, is it fucking raining? This is really going to put a damper on our eye. Travels. Check the check the radar. See what we're dealing with. I will. There, weatherman. Hold on. AccuWeather is where it's at. I'll check the AccuWeather here shortly. Call me Jim Cantori. One hundred fifty dollars for a stop. I don't think I spent that much. One twenty-seven. I think is what I did. Um. Really? I think so. How many bourbon things did you get? Yeah. Four roses and wild turkey. God damn it! <laughs> Stay on the course, man. Stay on the course. Whoa. We're gonna we're going to Four Roses tomorrow. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. Is that on the way? And depending on how much time we have, we might do a little, do a little wild turkey in there. Okay. I wouldn't mind stopping by wild turkey. They got some good Jeez, history. We're gonna, you know we're gonna go home with like fifteen miles. Our wives might kill us. My oh. my issue is I don't even know where I'm going to put it. That's what she said. She did say that. <laughs> Just last night. Do you have anywhere in Louisville that we can stop? For? Potentially, like, just good bottles. Like, yes. whether it's Kroger yes. or whether it's Costco. Yes. I heard Louisville, there's a Costco in Louisville that has good well, stuff. Well, that's fine. We can check there, too. But there's Westport Wine and Spirits or Wine and Lit Bourbon. Gotcha. That has a tasting room. They have supposedly the most curated picks in all of Kentucky. Of bottle picks and things like that. Gotcha. Is that the one that was on the neat? No. This was not. Are we going to have enough time? I think so. We're already 45 minutes ahead of schedule. Yeah. If we need to hit a store up before we go, between like Old Forest or Angels, I mean, to give us some time to do that. Well, I don't know. They should be right by each other. Yeah. I think they're like right downtown. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. For the most part, a lot of these places we're going to be in and out of in five minutes. It's not like, oh, we'll be there for an hour. We'll, well I put, I gave us an hour at each place. Yeah. Just to be safe. You got the same things I did, right? How many buffalo traces did you get? I think two. And then you got what else? Two buffalo or two creams. Okay. That's right. And an H. Taylor. And I got a and I got a Wheatley's and you spent more how that's not it can't be possible. I don't think you got two and two though. I got two Buffalo Traces. I got two bur- bourbon cream. Or no, I may have only gotten one bourbon cream. Those were twenty bucks a piece. And the Wheatley's is cheap. So I don't know. I have to look. I mean maybe mine was one forty five. I got yeah, I definitely got, need to drag along. Oh the yeah, wires. I got two. I got four five, six bottles. This is why you need to drag along the wives so that they can buy these. 
And and then get more than one Yeah. Bottle. You have said you only got one bottle? Of the E.H. Taylor. You already have one small batch. I know. It'll be fine. But I wanted, to, I wanted to give that to someone, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to now. Well, they might have it tomorrow. You never know. Truly only three people asked. Had Jillian Schaefer started following Bourbon Hunters. Is that what shenanigans now? Yep. It's all right. Trina follows it, too. So now it's time to put pictures up on Bourbon Hunters, since you just started following us. Where's the weather at, man? In there, man. It's not going to change. Oh, it could. And even if it does, it's not, it's not going to change what we do. I know. But I want to take some pictures of some, some stuff. I know. And I don't want to stand in the rain doing it. I'm hearing it, man. I could have brought my nice camera and... This camera on this thing is nice enough. Yeah. It's ridiculous how good this camera is. You know what's awesome? Is only doing it with me and you or a select few people. Because when you start getting like a bigger group to do this, just slow shit down. Yeah. Tony would have been great because he would have been, he would have been like, oh, cool. But once you start getting, you know, like four or five people in there and then they all... Yeah, Tony's good at... Tony would have just easily gone with the flow. Yeah. Like, what's funny is we... You know, the one I had planned to do when I ended up having to go to Charlotte instead? Yeah. They, uh... I was already getting comments, oh, you shouldn't do that many distilleries. Like, I was already getting, you know, people wanting to change it. I'm like, this isn't for you. This is for me, and I'm inviting you. Yeah, exactly. So, if you don't like the the plan, (laughs) then don't come. Yeah. This is the plan. That's the the thing I'm not a fan of with today's culture. Like, if, you you know, when you're offended by something, don't listen to it. Don't read it. Don't watch it. Whatever it is. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't have to, like, you don't have to go out of your way to get offended. Yeah. Unless it's in your face or someone's making you sit through something or making you experience something, then just, just avoid it. AccuWeather, here we come. So, Weather Channel good enough for you, or do I need to download yeah. a separate app? Well, usually I just don't do apps, I just go to the website. That's, um, that's not a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't use an app. Wait, I don't, open I up don't, your browser and yes. go to a website? That 100%. takes so much effort. No, because then you have to download the app, and it just takes some space. I already have the app. Yeah, but it just takes space. It doesn't take up space when you have a 512 <laughs> yeah, gigabyte. A $1,200 phone. Right. Yeah. Well, for us peasants, for you, I gotta uh, keep as little apps on my phone as possible. Uh, let's see here. Today, tomorrow's supposed to be nice. Yeah. Today, sixty percent chance of rain. Let's look at the hourly. Oh, it's supposed to stop around noon. <laughs> AJ's texting me and asking me if I got to go into your house. I was actually going to show up, and I totally forgot and take a video of myself going to your house for the first time and making a big deal about it. <laughs> and I totally forgot. There's just not a lot of room to host people. So you got as much room in your place as I do. I don't know. Your kitchen's bigger, which is a lot of yeah, times dude. where people, you know, hang out. Now, if I had a patio out back... Oh, you guys don't have a patio yet? I know yeah. we were talking about putting one in, right? Yeah. Springtime. Nice. Is your... Now, is it her dad's going to help? Or something like that? Uh, 
We'll probably have a little bit. Give him a flash. Give him a flash. Uh, Let's see if he flashes back. Let's see if he knows the rules of the road. Let's see if he turns his lights on and off. Ah, what a douche! Seriously. Now I grew up driving everywhere we went, so like trucker. I kind of I feel like I know that. No, I wasn't a trucker, but I feel like <laughs> I know the rules of the road and like the yeah. the little etiquettes, you know, yep. of letting in the flashing the brights, letting the semi truck in when you need to. Yep. But every time I ever did that. They always replied with a flash of their lights on and off yep. to let you let you know, hey, appreciate it. Yep. Didn't get one right there. Nope, we did. Did not get one right there. A little disappointed. What were we talking about? Oh, so her dad's gonna help me with the floors. My brother can also do floors, and we're gonna put a patio in in the springtime. Whether it's like uh, stamped concrete brick or I would prefer to do exposed aggregate. Now my uncle... I don't know what that means. Um, have you ever seen concrete with like the, the pebbles basically like sticking up out of it? No. Is that a new thing? Yeah. Oh, well maybe I have and I just don't realize it. Yeah. Well, versus smooth. So you have like Some concrete texture. that has like the pebbles exposed the aggregate exposed or smooth concrete. Uh, so they all have their pluses and minuses. Um, my uncle has some stone that he didn't use from his driveway that he was like, you can have it, but it would take a bobcat with a. You can rent a bobcat usually. Yeah, with a front loader, forklift, and then it would also take a flatbed trailer. And then getting it out of his yard or the side of his house or wherever it's wherever it's sitting. And I also don't know the like the color, the shape of the stone. I haven't seen it yet. So but it's free to me if I want it, which is nice. But by the time I rent a bobcat and a trailer, uh, and then it's the the pavers or the stone in general is just not what I would like to use um, but if it's cheap enough it's a, if it's a cheap enough solution then sure but that would give me a ton more room to kind of host people like in the springtime and, and summer and fall you know having people over they can sit out by the fire um, it's just a lot better 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 solution at that point in time a golf course Go course. play, go play eighteen like while, they, while the ladies like, shop. Louisville Golf. Oh, that's University of Louisville. Ooh, I wonder how that's got to be a nice course. I guess we are only twenty three minutes away, and Louisville's well, at least their uh, stadiums on the outskirts of town. The basketball ones in downtown, which I always find odd when the stadiums aren't on campus. Yeah. Like Miami University, for example, down in uh, yep. Florida. It's the worst. Like that, and then they wonder why their attendance is terrible. You can't tailgate and then just walk to the stadium like you can at Ohio State. And I wonder how much that Eastern plays Michigan into them not like getting their too. good, uh, their good recruiting. Yeah. I just don't think unless they change that, I don't think Miami University is ever going to have like a perennial run, like a like be back to where they were yeah. in the eighties and and early nineties even. 
think even early 2000s, I guess they were. I guess with uh, who was the quarterback they had when what when Ohio State beat him in the national championship? Um, Dorsey? Is it Dorsey? Ken Dorsey? Kendall Dorsey? Not Kendall, just Ken. Ken Dorsey? Yeah. Late late nineties. And then they had uh, McGahee, wasn't it? Yep. Wasn't he, uh, Dorsey, McGahee. The came from there, right? They yep. had a good run for a while. I know like in the Shockey. early two thousands, Ohio State and Miami were back and forth with most players in the NFL. Yeah. Now it's like Alabama and a couple places, but never make you wonder what causes those like ups and downs of a, of a yep. team and even a conference because the SEC wasn't huge in the early 2000s I mean they started to in the mid 2000s with Florida with Florida right but like it was the 90s and, and 2000s weren't an SEC dominated yeah they're ACC because even Florida State was good at the time yeah Florida State Florida State Miami, Miami. Ohio State was always up there, but never, never was could, always you know, a, break through. Yep, Oklahoma was always a stud, and then later... Even or, Michigan. And, yep, then later you had um, USC come along, start to really, when Pete Carroll got there. Yeah. Yeah, you, the Pac-10 had its, its heyday there in the 90s. Yep. That's true. And then you had the Big 12 for a minute. Texas was, was kind of... In Texas and Pac-10 Pac at the same time. Yeah, Texas, Oklahoma. I just always wonder how that, uh, like, obviously, Saban made a big difference at, yeah. at Alabama. And then he was there at the same time as, um, you know, Urban Meyer down in, in Florida. Yeah, Spurrier first. Well, and then Spurrier too, right. But then, but I don't think they overlapped because he went to South Carolina for a minute. Lou Holtz was there. And well, Spurrier was at Florida first. No, I know, but I'm just saying they were like they. But that wasn't when yeah. the SEC was really prominent, like they have been in the last 15 years. Yeah. We had Urban and, and Saban at the same time, and then who was the coach at Auburn at that time? Um, the Matt Hatter um, or LSU, I guess. Sorry, um, Les Miles. Yeah. He had a couple good years. And then Auburn had uh, Cam Newton. I don't remember who their coach was at the Last time. Miles is like Jim Harbaugh. Like, Gets worse over time. Well, yeah. <laughs> but just like a good coach, but he's going to be stuck with OSU and, and, and Penn State, as long as Franklin's there. And then he's got... Like we'll always have a few losses and just never, never quite be right there. Yeah. Where is, he, where is he coaching now? Who? Last miles. Uh, Kansas. Is that where it is? Yeah. Yeah, I always wonder. Like I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is that great of a coach. No, I think he's okay. And. If you look at the numbers, every place he went, his his numbers got worse. He had an upswing for the first couple of years, and then his numbers got worse year to year after. Yeah. And people don't understand that. Now he's bucking that trend a little bit of Michigan. Because what did he have a three loss season this year? Yep. So far. But I saw a stat, and I know that they've increased the number of games that you can have in a season. But I saw a stat that Ohio State's had like their. I'm just making this number up, but it was something like seventh or tenth year in a row of 11 wins yeah so it's got to be seventh because we went six and six with uh, with uh, Fickle and 
maybe it was like seven out of eleven or something, or seven out of yeah. eight or something. I don't know. And I don't know that that was necessarily a fickle spell. No, it wasn't. But but at the same time, it was funny because they said Michigan hasn't had that many in its entire length as a program. Well, yeah, because they. I mean, but you didn't have that many games for yeah. one. Yeah. But still, that's that's just still a crazy stat. And I'm, I'm really starting to believe. Part of me believes that maybe Michigan State was where they were at because it was at the you know the downturn of Michigan. Uh, Michigan it was at the I would, it was Ohio a rough State time for of... OSU, but you know they did win in what 2000. When was the last time? Oh, Michigan State won. They beat OSU. Was that 2015 or it was, was like one year, three years ago? Yeah. So it wasn't like a crazy long time ago. Um, no. Or wait, no, that was Penn State, I'm thinking. It might have been four years ago. No, I think it was three years ago. It was the year we were supposed to go to the national championship game, but yet, or to the semifinals or playoffs or whatever you want to call it, but they had that uh, blocked field goal or something against us, or they made the field goal late in the rain. It was like a sleety, snowy, and they made that field goal late. We couldn't do anything offensively the whole game. Uh I felt like we just weren't even running our regular – Offense at all yep. that whole game, and I don't know if it was the wind and the weather, I guess. But so part of me is just like, okay, Penn State was just coming off their huge scandal. Yeah. So uh, part of me is like, okay, the Big Ten really wasn't what it was at that point in time. But at the same time, like they still had Rich Rod and Hoke in there who recruited very, very well. Yeah, Rich Rod. I think was going to turn that program around. Same as Hope. And they just, they cut him short. Now, I yeah. know there was a little scandal with Rich Rod about like practices and stuff yeah, when they yeah. weren't supposed to. But I think he was actually going to turn that program around. I think he's a good coach. I don't like him. Yeah. And I know he had some scandals, I think, in West Virginia where like he had slept with his well, I, cheerleader or something or something stupid like that. I also think that he was changing a lot about the program that like some of the old heads just didn't, didn't really like. Yeah, that was a big part of it. You know, it wasn't the old like burn them, like just force them down the field type of yeah, issue. Yeah. It was trick plays and, and crazy offense type of thing. Yeah. And he, I think he runs that 3-3-5 defense that yeah, I, I don't think Michigan liked. Well, they didn't have the personnel for it. While he was there, he was changing all that. Yeah. They were going to get better. I mean, look at West Virginia. When he was at West Virginia, that 3-3-5 defense was stout. Yep. You, you don't think just running five you know DBs on the field all the time is going to do that. But that speed. Yeah. That speed is what destroys you. You can't run anything outside on it. And because you've got three linebackers stacked up behind three, you know, defensive linemen that protected the linebackers, and the linebackers had free When you have the right personnel, the three-three-five is actually a pretty good defense. I mean, any defense, if you have the right personnel, is probably a good defense. I'm, I'm interested to see who D'Antonio lets go and, and who they bring in. I really, I hope they throw a shit ton of money at. Warner, Michigan's offensive line coach. Yeah. Because um, his son plays at Michigan State. Let me ask you this. Uh, they have fucking Bowman. <laughs> like, the dude can barely just waddle around. <laughs> and you're like, how do you coach? How do you coach? How do you get the energy or anything? Yeah. I agree. There's got to be something. So, and then also, um, the DBs have just sucked since Barnett left. And. 
He went to go be the defensive coordinator at Florida State. They sucked there. So what I'm hoping is that they basically fire the DB coach or at least like you know, make him like a defensive specialist coach or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then they bring him back. That would be a little bit better because he recruited DBs well too. Uh, you always had like four star safeties and some some very talented corners coming in to Michigan State. Just don't much, have the talent there now. How much of, of a hot seat do you think Harbaugh's on? I I mean, they just gave him a pretty good season, even though he just didn't beat OSU. Like, do you think if he had lost to Michigan State this year that he yeah. would have been fired? No. no. Do you think he has a free reign to just coach as long as he wants there? Or do you think they'll... How many... Let me put it this way. If they don't beat Ohio State in the foreseeable future, how many more losses do you think they give him against Ohio State? Let's say he goes 11-1, and 11-1, 11-1. Do you think they fire him or, or leave him in like they like Ohio State did John Cooper? And how long do you think they put up with that? Because he's 0-5. He's got the worst starting record ever in the history of this series. Yeah. Worse than Cooper. I don't Cooper went 0-4-5. Cooper went 0-4-1 in his first five games. Yeah. Harbaugh's now 0-5. Uh, yeah, I just don't think that's going to change. But, but but what kind of a leash do they give him? When do you think they get rid of him? If they get rid of him, or do they? Just I mean, I think it, I think the calculation into also beating Michigan State. So you think it's a most Michigan fans, realistic ones that I talk to are are like, okay, obviously it sucks not beating OSU, but if you beat Michigan State, you know you you beat some other people, Ten wins. you beat Notre Dame. Um, you get to 10 wins like that's hard to do in college football like it's hard to to be a 10 win program consistently so, yeah. I, I agree and, and I it's funny because I believe that Ohio State is benefiting right now from some I mean Alabama is another team that's had it but it's just an unprecedented run yeah. Alabama's having it too but like holy cow like I can't remember like I I wouldn't say that I grew up an Ohio State fan. I grew up a West Virginia fan. Yeah. But then my brother made the Ohio State football team under Cooper's first uh, first coaching season. Yeah. He walked on and made the team. And then I immediately became an Ohio State fan. I was never not an Ohio State fan, but I became an Ohio State fan. Then I went to Ohio State. And while I was at Ohio State, all through the 90s, they were just always one win away, and it was always Michigan. They'd yeah. be number one or number two in, in the country going into the Michigan game and lose yeah. every year. And then the one year they weren't like one or two, they go in and beat Michigan because like the year they lost to Michigan State. Yeah, they were the what is AJ Hawk year. Like 97, 97, 98 Rose Bowl. Was it AJ Hawk? Yeah, AJ Hawk was the national championship team. I'm sorry, uh, Katzenmoyer. That's what I meant. Katzenmoyer. Yeah. Sorry. Because um, Michigan State beat them when they were like number one, right? Yeah, Michigan State beat us as number one. We had a chance to uh, win the game. We were winning. Dominating the entire game, the third quarter, I think we had one series with the ball. Yeah. And um, and it just went haywire. Like, they, Michigan State scored, like, I don't remember exactly, but like 14 points in the quarter and took the lead. And then Michigan, Ohio State drives down the field on the last drive of the game. There's still two minutes, maybe a minute and a half left in the game. We've got fourth and, I don't know, 12 maybe, or fourth and 10 from the 13. Didn't need a touchdown, just needed a first down. The guy curls his route into the end zone. The play was open. The quarterback throws it. 
and since he curled it into the end zone instead of making a hard cut for the first down, interception game over. No way. Yeah, and it, it, if he if he runs the route as he should have and not curls it into the end zone just for the first down, we get a first down. We've got a minute to go, still on the first and goal from the two. Yeah. You know, we win the game. I think. I think. Yeah. You know, we still have to punch it in, but but. It was a series of mishaps in the third quarter, like fumbled punt returns, uh, fumbled like turnovers, things like stupid stuff, and and the game just shifted on a dime. We were the yeah. better team that year for yeah. sure. No one, I think, doubted we were the better team. Yeah. I remember the Sports Illustrated headline to start the season was Ohio State clear cut number one, and then in parentheses it says if Katzenmoyer is eligible because he was there was some dispute about his class schedule that year and whether or not he was eligible if he took enough like core credit hours or something like that. I mean, I was I was pretty young, but I really didn't start following them until so both of I mean, my parents went to OSU. I'm a lot older than you too. Yeah. My parents went to OSU. I grew up, you know, the first 7 years of my life in uh, Holt, Michigan, which is right outside of uh, East Lansing. And most of my parents' friends were either Michigan State grads or uh, fans. And so they took us to games all the time. We would tailgate for Michigan State games. My, my, my parents had no reason to go down to an OSU game. Um, uh, they had no reason to go down to a game. Yeah. You know, they, my parents didn't have any family at OSU. Uh, well, what about your uncle or whatever that was the photographer? Uh, he, they lived in either Pennsylvania or man, they lived everywhere. Would he uh, travel down or something? To, no, or they they, they lived everywhere. They lived in Connecticut. Oh, point. you know, he was still doing his his real job. Oh, okay. Um, and actually, I don't know when he started being a photographer, but it definitely wasn't that early. Um, but they didn't live in Columbus. They just they moved to Columbus after my parents did. It makes sense that you're a Michigan State fan. I've yeah. never so never questioned that. But for some reason, I, and I forget how this happened. Uh, both my brothers, my little brother, I don't know that he was truly a Michigan fan, but my older brother, I think, was. And right before. What was that, 2000 or 2001 when they won the national championship? 2002. 2002. So right before that, the OSU-Michigan the game, two uh, my, my parents had been good friends with another family in our, our neighborhood. That couple graduated from OSU, and they they had two younger daughters. So my, my parents started watching games with them and, and hanging out. Um, so we were watching the we we're about to watch the Michigan game over there, and I think it was my younger brother was like, oh, like uh, yeah, I guess I'll you know I'll root for OSU. OSU beats Michigan. My brother, my little, my older brother was like, I'm done with this. I'm gonna. You want to take south? Um, he's like, I'm done with this. I'm going to start rooting for, I'm going to start rooting for OSU. So, so now right before the national championship game, both brothers have just changed from being Michigan fans to, to big OSU fans. 
Are they still um, LSU fans today? Yeah. Yep. So you're the only one in the family that's not an yep. LSU fan? No, that's funny. I didn't know that. Yep. So, I, you know, I always stuck with them. are at the halfway point of this episode and now is as good a time as any to talk about our sponsor unicorn nation apparel magical apparel for magical people find them at www.unicornnationapparel.com Back in the car after visiting Westport Whiskey and Wine. So, what'd you think of the place? It was great. Lots of a huge selection, and just things that I wouldn't say that are like incredibly pricey or rare, but just when it comes to Ohio, just things that you're not going to find. Yeah, and they had a lot of barrel picks too, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, Westport Whiskey and Wine. I heard about it on uh, the Bourbon Road podcast, and they had. I think the owner come on and talk about the place. Like, I, I would have probably snagged that IW Harbor 15 here, uh, except for it was $85. Well, how much does it normally retail for? Uh, 65 or 70 in Ohio. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting. I really enjoyed their selection there. They had a ton of bourbon. I mean, a ton of bourbon. I don't think I've ever been in a liquor store that had that much bourbon to choose from, did you? Yeah, no. But... What I found interesting to me was that and some the of the prices it's, were it's, weird. Yeah. Some so, were high, some were, were regular. Yeah. Some, they were priced appropriately that you would see either at the distillery, pretty much MSRP, and some that you were just like, okay, this is, this is a little on the high end. Nothing was outrageous, though. No, nothing was, it didn't look like they were gouging. Yeah. But, but the price Even were the off. cast strength was two nineteen. So nineteen dollars more than you or twenty dollars more than you would have yeah. gotten it at the distillery, which isn't terrible. Um it's two twenty in Ohio, so no different there. But then I think what was Buffalo Trace was thirty one instead of twenty seven. Yep. Which, you know, whatever, little markup. Um I can't remember all of the different things that I saw, but they were all just a little bit differently priced. So you saw some things that were Ohio and yeah. and then you saw some things that were not a, a little higher. Yeah, and it just—it wasn't just the fact of like, hey, that was the most bourbon I've seen, um, because maybe I've been in some stores in Columbus where they have more, but it's—it's it's not. But it's just the variety of different things that they had was unique. Yeah, the variety was, uh, that's what I mean, like the quantity of bourbon, I meant the quantity of brands and and variations or varieties. It's pretty crazy. What do we end up with? Wild Turkey, American Spirit, or was it? Uh, Something like that, or Kentucky Spirit. Kentucky Spirit. Yeah, because you said Spirit of Kentucky. Which was, yeah. Which, Which was cool because we we actually could try it before we bought it. Right, yeah. A dollar, a 
dollar for a try. All their barrel. So that was what was really cool. All their barrel picks had the option. Was that a barrel pick? Yeah. Oh, wow. All their barrel picks had the option for a dollar try. So you could get a, basically a one-ounce pour for one dollar, which is completely reasonable. And then if you ended up buying it, you didn't have to pay the dollar. They had a ton of stuff in the tasting room that we could go back in. Yeah. Well, that would suck, though, to go into the tasting room and taste something you couldn't buy. Yeah. But, yeah, they so they have a tasting room in the back, and they had a ton of stuff. It sounded like they had stuff that was open back there but that was no longer for sale in the store. And I don't know how the tasting room works, if it's the same type of setup, if it's a, a dollar per pour, or if it's actually like a bar. I didn't, we didn't go in there and try that part out because we're trying to make it down to Maker's Mark now. You want to talk a little bit uh, about Angels of Oh, yeah. So, we did the distillery tour at Angel's Envy, and uh, that was actually an unplanned stop on the trip. On the trip, We weren't going to go there originally, but I think I'm, I can say I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really a, a cool tour. I've done, that's my third tour I've ever done now, and, and they always do the basic, you know, this is how you make bourbon, this is what makes bourbon, and those are pretty much template across every distillery so far that I've experienced but the guy that we went with was really good and he made a his name's Brent yeah Brent um the best part was the tasting that was the first time that he basically you you sit down at a really cool split oak uh not oak uh was it cherry cherry log um, you sit down at this, this table anyway, and they pair it with a orange flavored chocolate, and they basically have you go in the steps of trying the bourbon, the Angel's MP, the same way that a judge would, which is the first time that I've ever gone through that process or know how that, that even works. Um, so that was unique. Yeah, that was interesting to me too. I'd seen in the in the neat uh, documentary the whole white dog smacking it in your hands, yep. rubbing it around, heating it up, letting it evaporate, and smelling it at different times throughout that process to catch, you know, the, the smell of the ethanol, the smell of the corn, the smell of the in this case it was rye, and then the smell of the barley at the finish, and then after it started drying, smelling other notes that were in the you know in the uh, what they call the pre-made, right? But the white dog. And uh, I didn't get much past those three things. I smelled bread pretty much yep. afterwards. Um, and still actually have a, a hint of that on my hands right now. So that was that was really cool. Um, I think it's like hot dog. I have something to do with our lunch. And then we went over to uh, Against the Green Brewery, which is right next door. And it's part of the, it's right inside of the that's pretty good food. Baseball stadium. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. That was really good, actually. But I think, yeah, that, that pairing was really neat. Having us, uh, you know, do the sniff and then the, or the smell or whatever. And then doing it with your mouth open. And then taking that taste, rinsing your mouth out, basically, with the bourbon. And then... After that, you know, moving on to start getting to the notes, but that was—I thought that was pretty interesting because yeah. I'd never done that. I like, swished it around in my mouth and kind of 
rinse my mouth with bourbon. It's definitely, you know, you get a nice little, little burn from the alcohol. And then the second time, a little bit of the same. The third time, everything really comes out. And you're like, wow. You know, that's a completely different experience. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was interesting how your mouth adjusts from one drink to the next. Yeah. And how your senses kind of settle back in. And then at the end, how he had us put in a piece of ice. Just a small piece of ice so it could kind of melt in some water and how it changed the flavor again. That was also different in the sense that, you know, he was like, you don't want to let it sit. You don't want you know, to too over, much, yeah. over chill it. You'll, you'll lose a lot of the flavors that way. Um, and how he's basically like, swish it around a little bit, give it a go. That's really all you needed. Yeah, it was good. And then having it with the chocolate was just outstanding. Yeah. Totally changed. It opened up. Which, to me, I felt like it opened up the bourbon, the, the flavor. And that's what we call five lanes. I don't like this highway system here. How do we? <laughs> I think it's more about us not paying attention. Yeah. How do we explain this to a cop when we're wearing microphones? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you see, sir. We got distracted recording your podcast. Keep left. And ignore that smell of bourbon. And the... Uh, yeah, and the... Shrunk hole. <laughs> probably uh, bootlegging amounts of uh, bourbon yes. in the back of the car. Just ignore all that, sir. Honestly, don't even... I have no idea what the laws are. Yeah. If there are any. I mean, if it's all for personal use, I, we're not taking yeah. it back to sell to like a I wonder if there's like a... a across state lines amount that you can take. I think we if it's for personal use, I think you're okay. And then again, I have no knowledge. I'm just guessing. Next time we'll need a semi. <laughs> At this rate. Yeah. I was kind of enjoying uh, coming down here every few weeks. Yeah. But I think after this, there's going to be a recovery yeah. period. Well, isn't it almost technically end of the bourbon season? I'm, I don't know. Because they always do their, you know, at least Ohio always does their raffles, which we gotta do that soon. Um, I think that closes the 12. Have you signed up yet? No. What? Uh, like, I'm up for me. Damn you. Alright, so what is. Are you getting anything at Bakers? I might get a bottle of something. It depends on what's available. Yeah. I, I'm, new, I'm not sold on getting anything from Willet yet. But we'll see. The Makers is one of those places I like. I can drink their regular. I really enjoy their 46 and I enjoy their cask strength. Yeah. Would you get their 101? Maybe. If I can taste it first. I just hate spending a lot of money for stuff when I don't know what it tastes like. That's why I really enjoy that Westport place. We were able to taste it beforehand. Some of the, the tastings of what we got here. Yeah, fucking sand, sand coming off here. <laughs> We're behind a pickup truck. 
I wish you could just like you know if, if a rock comes off a truck and hits you crash your windshield like you could just like pull up and just shoot one of their tires and be like hey an eye for an eye <laughs> he's here. got like 12 of them left so yeah shouldn't hurt too much so what so we're going to Makers Will and I don't know if I'm going to get one of their rides I have the pot still they also have have you tasted it yet? no I've not opened it It's crazy because there's some people that just absolutely love rice. There's some people that just they like their their I, I can say that I enjoy the bourbons that have a higher rye content in them. Yeah. And I enjoy weeded bourbons. I I'm not quite to the point where I can say that I like rye bourbons yet, or you know rye whiskeys yet. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. That'll probably be where I try to go like next. Like Heather really love weeded bourbons. Well, they also like the Angels Envy Rye. Well, at least uh, uh, Britain, or Heather does, I'm sorry. She, she said that's her favorite, the Rye Angels Envy. experience what are you doing right now I'm like oh crap you know, so what happened so I texted him it was during the Angels Envy tour <laughs> and uh, he uh, he's like oh I, I test drove a, a Tesla 100D he's like oh my gosh the, the acceleration was just insane he's like I have to get one of these at some point he's, I don't know where he, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet but I don't know where he got to test drive it but he just was in love. Maybe, maybe um, one of the guys that he coaches, or it's Davis or something. Yeah, that could be. I, I don't. I didn't ask. I just uh, thought it was funny. He was all excited about it. I can't, I mean, that'd be cool. I just can't get past the looks in a Tesla. Oh, I love the looks. I don't. I think they look slick. Especially that truck. The truck is yeah, that truck looks stupid. Yeah. It looks so dumb. Yeah. Now the new Rams I'm all about. I haven't seen those. That's a rebel right one of us. Is that one of the ones you like? Oh. Nah. I mean it's their version of like the Ford Raptor Trail Boss from Chevy. I'll just be aware that in about nine miles we're getting on an exit. We're getting off? We're getting off using an exit, yes. <laughs> we will be getting on the exit. Oh man, I've hit a wall. Oh damn, I forgot to get out my drink. Oh. I normally don't 
unzip my damn cooler all the way shut so I can get in and out easier. God, I know I'm gonna want to buy something at uh, Four Roses too. I think I will. I just I don't have a four roses at all. I might you get have, the small batch select. Yeah, you have like I've got like ten bottles. Ten of four bottles. Roses. Yeah. Plus a, a special store pick four roses that's a different recipe than the regular single. Is there anything I I have that you don't? Yeah, really. Well, I have, uh, I have the pot still, but I think that's it. I love the barrel proof. Barrel proof one. Elijah Price. Oh yeah, I don't have that. I'm surprised you didn't grab it. You're like, you know, hey, I've been wanting this. Here it is. Yeah. Or did you just felt like the money you wanted to spend on things? I don't know. I might get. I, I like. The, uh, I had a hard time buying that one of that you know, Kentucky Spirit Wild Turkey. I don't think it's going to show up in Ohio. That's probably why. And I really like rare, rare. Well, but that still, was it's like barrel pick too, Yeah, so. it's barrel pick too. So those three. But still, I'm like, hey, this is you know not something that I'm like directly after I, I really think I'm going to be uh, come up short on some of the ones in Rock Hill Farms like, I don't know if I'll find that uh, bottle plants obviously I get the 
get the people to do it. I just, it irritates me, that's all. I don't know that I'd buy it for over $100 a bottle. No, but I, like you said earlier, I think I'd, I'd pay a hundred, I'd pay $90. I'd yeah. pay 90 bucks for it. Just for the convenience of not having to wait in line for two and a half hours. And yep. And maybe that's why people are like, hey, it's 54 like, I'd pay 100 bucks to not sit in line, and plus I'd never see it. Boulder County. Well, you know, the, uh, they probably do that. People in that town probably do that all the time. Oh, 
Okay. You have to see it. Why would you live there otherwise? You work there, maybe. But you know that page that we follow. A ton of the people will say, "Yep, I'm just gonna roll out of bed, drive over there, I'll be there in five minutes." And there's always enough. That's what it sounds like. I've legitimately considered a few times driving down here. Ooh, getting here at night. Just freaking uh, clap back. Did they? I've, I've legitimately thought about traveling down to Buffalo Trace on a day that I know they're getting it, leaving at like 5.30 in the morning, and then just being back home by noon 30. Noon 30. And uh, having a bottle of Blanton's in hand. Turn left. It's not a bad idea, but it's that's a But here's the thing. I, I can consider, and here's the weird difference for me. I don't want to stand in a line for two and a half hours, but I can easily drive three hours Continue straight. Because that's in fair. a car, listen to music, maybe a podcast. Oh, yeah. Doing a podcast. I'm comfortable in doing a podcast. I'm comfortable the whole time. That's true. You know, I only waited an hour and a half, and... But you know what would suck? Standing sucked. You drive three hours, you get there, and you're like the last one. Like, yeah. no one, you're the one before you gets it, and you don't. Or, shit. or maybe the line there is just as long. I would flip my shit. I'm honestly quite surprised Makers doesn't have a very high end bourbon. Why do they need to? Um, I don't know. It, I, I feel like it would always be good for each distillery to have one thing that they're like, hey, well, they, what's their 101 this year? Isn't that uh, kind of their... It's, it's their international slash hard to get one. But I guess maybe that's their super high end one because cast strength is not like it's not really the private side it's not really that hard to get no it's not you know what's funny about this trip is I've been talking about this trip for a while now and in my head like it's a weekend but we're actually back by Saturday late you know early evening yeah <laughs> yep. it's, it's like legitimately a whirlwind tour actually doing an incredible amount of stuff for yeah, being here I mean. for one night. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Bourbon Hunters Podcast. Join us next week as we review all of the different distilleries, including their gift shops and the tours that we went on, and pop open a couple of bottles of bourbon that we found along the way. Bakersmark definitely does not want you uh, to visit them. <laughs> no, there's probably sure. a highway right on the other side. Yeah, of we're just fucking assholes. Right. <laughs> well, we just probably came from the wrong direction. You know, 
I bet uh, Maker's Mark actually had to, I wouldn't say had to, but they probably were like, man, we'll, we'll pay to pay this road. Well, we're assuming this is the only way in. Yeah.